really don't think it matters how old you are, <laughs> where you are in your life. I tell folks this all the time. If, if it's something that you want to do, if you want to, you know, go to the gym or you want to go back to school or learn an instrument or, you know, travel or whatever, do it. It's never too late. I would rather be at the end of my life, hopefully 90, 100 years old and look back and say, hey, I did this. I, I went out and I, I pushed myself and I'm so proud that I did instead of saying, you know, I really wish I had. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I want to make it yours. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Shan Fannin is in the driver's seat today. She is a mother, a former marketing director and homeschooling teacher who became a realist vehicle painter after her son went to college. In this episode, Shan shares her painting techniques, gallery etiquette, and just some good old wisdom on pursuing your passions in life. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B, and I have Shan Fannin in the hot seat today. How are you doing, Shan? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with the Femcanic community. Normally, we have the wrenchers on here and the painters on here. By painter, I mean car painters. And I saw you on Instagram. And selfishly, I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't mind one of those paintings. And I'm like, how? And then when I found out, that you are a female, I'm like, I got to get her on my show. So <laughs> thank you for spending the time tonight and having a conversation with myself and the Femcanic community. Absolutely. So why don't we start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about Shan and how you got into painting, and then we'll dive into the specific subject matter that you typically paint. Okay. Okay. Well, it, I started off, I got a scholarship to get uh, a degree as a special needs drawing teacher, but I got married, as most people do, had uh, a career and as a marketing director. Once we had a family, I um, we moved to from California to Austin, Texas, and I, I had a business. I, I had a homeschool, a licensed homeschool to the state. Once our kiddo um, started school, we homeschooled him. Uh, once he got to college, started college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided to take a couple of art classes. And while I was doing that, it was in um, 
2012 and 2013, I was, you know, at that point in my life, it's like, now what? Uh, my husband uh, at that time purchased a 1961 Ford Thunderbird convertible, and we started going to automotive shows. And I just, I fell in love with the culture, the folks, the stories. And he, one day, um, it was October in uh, 2014, he asked me or challenged me to paint a vehicle. And I thought, there's just no way. It's just too difficult. No, no, go ahead and do it. So I chose an orange GMC truck. I just liked the, the lines of it. And I painted a small painting of that and I was absolutely hooked. And so then in February 2015, I decided that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a professional realist vehicle painter. And I haven't looked back since then. You got a great story here where a lot of people, and I've, I've heard younger women say this, and by younger, I mean 20 to 30, to even 20 to 40 year olds saying, oh, you know, I can't switch careers, I'm too old, or that ship has sailed. Do you mind yeah. sharing with the listeners when you actually dove in and how old you were when you dove in and pursued yeah. this passion? Yeah, I, I didn't go back to school until I was 44 years old. And, you know, as I said, I was um, in the corporate world. I had my own business. I homeschooled. I also um, taught art to uh, elementary homeschool kids. Love that, all that. But I think we all get in a point in our lives where it's like, you know, am I, am I doing what I'm meant to do? And I felt, you know, I had the career. I had the family. I, I you know, did what I needed to do. And I felt great about it. But now it was my turn. And so I turn to school and I didn't I didn't want a degree. A lot of folks go and they have a degree or they feel they have to have a degree. I honestly believe a lot of fields you don't need that. If you've got the drive and the passion and 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 people see that and that enthusiasm, they want to they want to bring you in. They want to encourage you. And so that I'm very fortunate. I had uh, several wonderful teachers. I went to a community college who encouraged me and and I thought, okay, this is this is what I was meant to do. And it I, I really don't think it matters how old you are, <laughs> where you are in your life. I tell folks this all the time. If if it's something that you want to do, if you wanna, you know, go to the gym or you wanna go back to school or learn an instrument or, you know, travel or whatever, do it. It's never too late. I would rather be at the end of my life, hopefully ninety, hundred years old and look back and say, Hey, I did this. I I went out and I I pushed myself and I'm so proud that I did instead of saying, you know, I really really wish I had done this instead of, you know, being afraid. Cause so many of us are, we're, you know, it's just like, I wish I could lose weight, but I don't want to get off the couch. Well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So, so I think that's the way it is with, with life. And of course it's scary. Putting yourself out there is scary, no matter, no matter what it is. But I think the rewards definitely outweigh any of the, the fears. Well, and, and in the pre-interview, you also shared your training for your first marathon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a little strange. Right now I'm training for uh, five half marathons. <laughs> but uh, when my, my mom was quite overweight and she passed in 2001. And I told myself, you know what? I need to get off the couch. <laughs> I need to do something for me and, and feel good about myself. And so I started walking. I did a 5K. 10K. I did uh, a little leg of a marathon for six miles. Then I challenged myself to a half. Then I challenged myself to a full. And so I'll be 51 uh, next May and I will have done 30 halves and six marathons. So you go, girl. That's the stuff <laughs> I'm talking about. Yes. I'm not, I'm not fast. You know, I'm kind of a round mom, <laughs> but 
I'm I'm out there. I actually on uh, on Sunday I ran 11 and a half miles. I oh my gosh, you know how, like, those dogs where they're running around outside and they just collapse, you know, all afternoon. That was me. <laughs> awesome. I was exhausted. I was exhausted. But the funny thing is, you know, it's so funny because you get done and you know get you do a race and, and you're so pumped up with adrenaline. You're thinking all that pain that you went through for those 13 miles or 26 miles, you forget about it. Now you're looking forward to the next thing. And to me, that's kind of like with my my art. I struggle, um, and we'll we'll talk about this in a second. But I struggle with a painting. It's like, oh, maybe I tell my husband sometimes. I says, maybe I should have become a plumber. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, this is so hard because you know, folks. A lot of times, people think that folks, yeah, you're just you're just mixing paint and you're just having fun, and it's problem solving. It's work, and it's it's yeah, okay. How do I do that shadow? How do I do that shape? And for me personally, how do I make this vehicle believable? On a, how do I make something look three-dimensional on a two-dimensional canvas? Well, and let's let's bring the listeners along too, and let's dig in a little bit on your subject matter. And that's what ties this all back to Femcanic for a couple of reasons um, at a high level, and then we'll dig into it. But you paint realistic pictures mm-hmm. of cars. Right. And the thing that fascinated me about you in our pre-interview is that the same you're you face the same challenges in the art world as women in the garage face. Oh yeah, because it's a <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a male-dominated industry that you're in, right. and then when you layer on the fact that your subject matter is cars, right? It's it's a whole nother layer. Do you mind sharing with the audience around uh, some of the stuff that you've shared with me around? Yeah, when you're actually at these events presenting your art, the kind of responses you get. Yeah, a lot of times folks will see my painting, my paintings. Um, as an example, I was asked to uh, be a featured artist for a, a really large art event last year. It was wonderful. It was like a three-hour drive from my house. I took a truckload of paintings with me and had them all up and everything and had a, a what I thought was a collector. When you see a collector, we, we stand back and let them you know, let them enjoy, let it take it in. And this man was just enamored with a, a, a six foot uh, long Mercury Monterey that I had painted. And um, I came up, you know, after a few minutes, I you know, can I help you? I'm the artist. And the look on his face, like, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were a man. Wow. <laughs> you know, obviously I'm not. <laughs> but and then fortunately, because of the industry that I'm in, not just art, which is very male dominated, although that is slowly changing, but because of my um, my chosen subjects are being very mechanical that I guess our brain just automatically think that that's a man. It, you know, it, it's like I say to some folks, there are male male artists out there who do the most beautiful portraits of flowers or of children or of landscape. And people will automatically, oh, I thought you were a woman. It's like, well, why is that? Why do we why do we automatically pigeonhole somebody in thinking that they're a certain gender? Why can't, you know, why can't women paint cars? Why can't men paint flowers? And so that that does come up uh, quite a bit. And my my personal take on this is I'm over 50 now and I want to prove that they're wrong. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's, that's the good stuff right there. <laughs> you know what? I'm a girl. I'm a mom. You know, I, I, you know, watch old movies and I read books and I run and things like that. And I love cars. I love I love motorcycles. I love the complexity of an engine and the the reflection on the chrome or the 
fiberglass. I think that's so sexy. And, um, and so it's a joy to me to, uh, to bring that to life. I, I think so many of us, we have our vehicles in the garage or we take them to a car show and we can appreciate them outside. And my job is to make something beautiful that we can bring inside. <laughs> One thing that drew me to your art is obviously the subject matter because I love cars and I love all cars. I love classic and new. Is how you blend the different styles, the the realism and the abstract. Right, right. Can you share with the audience kind of your process and how you create your art? Yeah. So the way it looks, the way I I I start usually is I will be at an event. My husband and I were empty nesters as of last year, and so we've now started to travel for my job, which is wonderful. So we've gone to the Goodwood Festival of Speed in in the UK. We've been to Italy. We went to Modena, uh, Ferrari, Lamborghini, um, and so we're taking photographs. We're going to car shows. We're going. I had my first solo at Amelia Island Concourse, and so I'll go to these events and I will see something, and there's something about a vehicle that strikes me, and it might be a head light. It might be the reflection of the building or the people that are attending the event or whatever. And so something speaks to me and it's like this electric charge and it's, and, and it's, you know, you get excited. <laughs> it's like the little kid going to the ice cream shop. You're just so excited. Yeah, and so, relate. yeah. And so, relate. and so, and so I, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell my husband a funny story really fast. My husband and I went to a car show, I think it was two years ago and um, a really big one we have here in Austin, Texas, and they happen to have airplanes. And my husband, funny thing is red, green colorblind. So my paintings don't look anything to him like it does to me, but we were walking by and there was this amazing T6 Texan airplane that was orange and white and had some yellow on it. And it was crazy against the blue cerulean sky and on a color wheel, orange and blue are complements of each other. So we're walking by and I said, oh, that's it. That Oh, you've got to photograph that. And my husband's an amazing photographer. And so he, what, what are you talking about? And I, no, you have to, this, this is talking to me. You have to do this. So he photographed it and it's turned out to be one of my better paintings because like I said, I, I will see something and there's just like this electric charge and I, and I'll paint it. So what, so we do that. We, we photograph it later on, you know, we have a huge file on our computer of possibles for me when I'm ready to do something. I will spend probably a day or so looking at old photographs, find one I like, find aspect ratio uh, for whatever canvas I'm using. I print out an eight by 10 of that, of that image, sketch it out on the canvas. Um, and, or excuse me, I usually put, put a color down first. I, I'm not a lot of artists start with a blank white. To me, that's boring. I want to get into it. And I find if I put a color down on the canvas that that comes through into the painting, even if like, let's say I'm painting a, I don't know, a blue car and I paint the background in yellow and I may not have any yellow really in the painting. But even though that yellow is there, you don't see it. Your your brain actually feels like it's all coming together. It all melds. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's there. And, and so I always have a color there. So I'll do that. And then um, I'm really, my style has changed where I now want to incorporate abstract with the realism. So the vehicle itself, I want to make as real, as real as possible for me. Although there's different levels in, in art and I'm what they call a photorealist. There's one past that it's called hyperrealism, which to me is almost, and I know we've all seen them. It looks like a photograph. You'll look at it and you go, what? No, you're a photographer. You're not a painter. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> I'm a painter. So my, I, I don't want to go to that level because First of all, it would drive me insane, and I'm such a perfectionist. It would never happen. But 
I, um, I, I want to have abstract in the background and then pull the realism towards the front. And when I do chrome uh, or fiberglass, one of the things I absolutely love about that is the reflections with all the, the bends and the curves, everything is distorted. So that's even more abstract. And so your eye, if I made it look real in the, in the chrome or the, uh, or the fiberglass or, or carbon fiber, whatever it, your brain go, wait a minute, that's not right. So when I bend it, it's believable. So, um, yeah, I just, I love that's that. That's fascinating. I loved when you shared with me that you start with the background. Right. And you literally finger paint. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm very messy. It's funny. I, um, I've posted a couple of photos before. I purchase at the thrift store or whatever scrubs like you would wear in a hospital. And I, I get my hands all dirty. You know, some of these people that are artists that are just phenomenal, they'll wear white linen. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> so, that's not me. I was, a, I was a girl who made mud pies and finger painted. I, I, I'm 50. I finger paint now. So I, um, I will put paint on my hands and I will smear it and I will um that's one of the reasons why I like to paint larger I try really hard not to go anything smaller than a 16 by 20 and eventually if you know time lets me do it uh, and patience I want to paint full size I would love to do that one day but um yeah so I put paint in my hands and I smear let me see if I understand so when you say full size let's say you have an old caddy you're yeah. talking like I would love to 20 foot thing. long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would love oh, wow. that. I would absolutely love it. The largest painting I've done so far is uh, uh, four feet by six feet, which is quite large. Um, the problem with that is uh, as a collector, where am I going to put a 20 foot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where am I going to put a 20 foot painting? So uh, a lot of my paintings are probably two feet by three feet. That's, that's a pretty good size. It's a it's a nice statement piece. Um but I, I that's a child that that's a, a good sized child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I would eventually, I would love, I would love to do my, one of my businesses. I had two businesses before I became a, a painter. I um, had a home licensed daycare and I also for a short while had a mural business. So I d uh, painted a couple of murals. And so that's probably where that drive comes from me. No pun intended. Um, to, uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to paint large is because, um, yeah, painting a mural, there's a lot more challenges. You know, you start with the grid system and, and you sketch things out and everything. But I, I love that, you know, in your face. That's probably why I also love street art. Absolutely love street art. Um, just because that is you know, really cool. I agree. It is. It's just, it's so out of the element. You think of artists, you know, with their little palette and things like that. That's just, you know, that's on a whole different level. So, yeah, so one day I'd like to do that. But, um, yeah, so I'm working up to it. So, like I said, I've done three, uh, four by six paintings. And if I if I could, uh, now that our, our kiddo has moved out and I have a studio, I thought, well, hmm, I wonder if I could uh, get eight foot now or ten foot. So <laughs> keep challenging yourself. Keep challenging yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is one question I want to ask you, but I, mm -hmm. I want to go backwards. And okay. you had mentioned your challenges in the field, uh, particularly because you're a female. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm curious just to ask you, when you experienced that, like, how did you cope with it? How did you handle it? I, I like, well, like I said, I like proving folks wrong that, um, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, there's a lot of fields where women are, are making a difference. And I actually made a list for myself. We were talking earlier when, when I first, uh, ran across your podcast about Jesse Combs and, you know, being a race car driver and, um, 
you know, uh, politicians and there's female gallery owners and there's CEOs and bankers and, um, you know, judges and all bunch of people who they're all women and, and we're, we're making a difference. But um, I, I think we, we get excited and we think, okay, it's changing. It's changing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen today. The world's going to be even and it's not. Um, but I think there was someone the other day that mentioned that they were a stay-at-home dad. And, and I remember people, oh, stay-at-home dad. I'm like, well, what's what's wrong with that you know and so i think the same thing applies with with women we we are we are doing the welding and the, we're doing the car repairs and we're you know doing the engineers and the designers and the 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 vehicle artists we're we're making progress it's slow but i think if we just put our head down and and you know don't take no for an answer <laughs> and and you know my gender should mean nothing and that's especially in my field i i've personally feel that a piece of art should speak for itself not the gender of the artist um and so uh, that and that comes across quite often actually I, I um wanted to read something to you i was doing a little bit of research today um about women artists and i saw something on artnet which is a huge website about articles and things that are going on in the art world and they were talking about in 2008 to may of 2019 women made just two percent of the art sales in all that time. Wow. There, there was $196 billion spent on art and women only made 2%. That's bad. <laughs> that's terrible. That, that's bad. So this last year, um, uh, an amazing artist, a living artist, Jenny Saville, she uh, had a huge painting of a, a nude woman that sold a record uh, sale for a living female artist was $12.5 million. I was like flipping out. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Jeff Koons, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. He's a sculptor. He does very shiny uh, sculptures of rabbits. I don't know if you've ever seen it and like balloon dogs, things like that. So her painting sold for 12.5. His sculpture called rabbit sold for 91 million so yeah <laughs> uh, a bit of a uh a little bit of a difference yeah a little bit of a difference but then there's things that are coming up now in the world women painting women uh there's a huge uh exhibits going around i actually very happy about this this last week i submitted a uh, proposal and we got accepted for uh, myself and four other women uh texas women to have our own solo show next year and that is so, outstanding yeah. congratulations so, thank you and so we are we we're making a dent we're making a dent so anyone who's listening to podcasts right now i don't care how old you are <laughs> i don't care you know if you wear pants or a skirt it's never too late just get out there and do it do it let me ask you this shan yeah how how can other men or people who want to do better yeah. show their support for other women like you? Well, part of it, I think, is just, you know, being out there and 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 patting us on the back and showing us if there's something that you can guide us. Um, my, I'm so, like I said, I'm so fortunate. My husband, I've been married almost 30 years, and he's constantly telling folks about my work. And now I've gotten to the point... I, I've been I've been doing what I'm doing now just shy of five years professionally, and I've just now gotten to the point where the vehicle industry, especially like F1, um, and uh, we here in Austin have the Circuit of America's uh, racetrack, F1 track, and so car uh, race drivers, uh, other podcasters, um, editors, things like that, they're just now finally realizing, hey, that woman, she's serious. That woman, she works hard. Um, and when I'm going to an event, like, you know, we'll have an event at, at the Circuit of Americas, um, someone will give me a pass to get in or whatever. I'm not there 
as fluff, you know, just to look at the pretty cars. I'm there to work. I'm serious about this. I ask questions. I, I uh, you know, we'll go to car shows. My husband says, you can't be shy. And so, you know, do you mind putting down the hood so I can get a better line of that vehicle? And so, um, and I'll hand out business cards and, hey, I'm, I'm an artist. And, you know, if you've got, if you've got an interesting vehicle or whatever, let me know. And um, I think if you see a woman doing a job that most of us would think, oh, that's a man's job or whatever, give her credit. Hey, she is she is out there doing something that a lot of people are too afraid to do. She's working hard. You know, she hears all the negative stuff and she's still out there trying to show she show the world she can do it, but more than anything, she's showing herself. I mean, there's times when we're the only cheerleader, <laughs> you know, we are, you know, I, I've done it so many times I've gotten down on myself. I'm like, you know what? You got to pick yourself up. You got to do this. Sure, I could go and be that plumber. <laughs> you know, I can be a mom. I can clean houses. I can bake and things like that. But I want to do something that I'm very proud of and that people respect and know that, hey, you know, a woman can do that and she can do it really well. And a lot of times she can do it better. Go do something that sets your soul on fire. Exactly. Very well said, Shan. Thanks. So, so because you have the background that you do and you mm -hmm. are an artist, mm -hmm. uh, one, I love the fact that you're on here so other women and men, because men listen to the podcast as well, but yeah. other women can s support other women, particularly right. on a subject matter. But if I'm being honest, I've never bought artwork short of going to like art shows where you do a <laughs> gallery hop or something like that. And typically you're having beers or something and you're yeah. doing the gallery hop. <laughs> yeah. Can you educate the listeners? Like, what does that process really look like? What is that like for the artist versus the buyer? And maybe some etiquette and some tricks of the trade or recommendations you could make. So you, you're asking as far as like, if you want to purchase a piece of art, how you go about it? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And, and I imagine there's some, uh, there's probably tacky ways to go about it. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of like learning to drink wine the first time. Either you guzzle it back like a beer or you actually swish it around and look at the right. legs. Like there's some, <laughs> is there some etiquette there? Some recommendations that you would make when someone's there, uh, observing? There is. There is. Well, I'll tell you, there are some, there's, there's different, there's different schools. There are some people who I want a painting to match my couch. That's fine. You know, a decorator, uh, architect, you know, well, I need this piece, a certain piece to fit. That's fine. Then there's other, uh, there's other folks who they'll see something in a magazine or on a television or through a hashtag on social media or whatever, and they will absolutely fall in love with it. Or they'll go on vacation, they'll walk into a gallery and something, like I said before, you know, car speaks to me, a piece of art will speak to you. Um, we've all been that way, you know, found that pair of shoes that's just that perfect pair of shoes. I had to have them, you know, that sort of thing. That's as an artist, that's what I strive for. I want, sure, I will paint that painting to match your couch. However, I would rather paint something that gave me fire, that made me feel this is part of me that I'm putting onto a piece of canvas. I think uh, most people don't realize that unless you are, a, which a, a lot of folks are creative, you know, whether it's music or writing or crocheting or gardening or baking, whatever, we're creative. But unless you've actually done something creative, you don't realize how much passion and how much part of yourself goes into it. And so that's the kind of person that I really would love to be able to connect with. And so I, I think, I, I don't mean to interruption. No, I, no, go, go ahead. I think 
that is exactly when I listen to these to the women that I interview, mm-hmm. what you just described is what they do in restoring a car or painting exactly. the car or prepping the car. It's a piece of them that they put into it. It is. It is. And so on the flip side of that, it is difficult sometimes. You know, we, we say that, you know, hard on your sleeve for creative. We do because we do put a part of ourselves into our art. And so, you know, like it's like an actor. They get a bad review and say, oh, man, that you know, it was a kick in the chest because I really tried hard on that. And so it's the same thing with with painters or, you know, any other creative that we put part of ourselves into that. And so, um, yeah, so we, we do get that negative side. It's like, okay, you got to just, just, you know, brush off that shoulder and move on, <laughs> you know. But as far as, as far as let's say you um, are wanting to know about how to go about uh, purchasing a piece of art, I will tell you nowadays, um, things have changed a little bit. Galleries are extremely important. I am I absolutely, I'm in four galleries across the United States. I am so thankful for all of them. However, social media has changed the art world drastically. It used to be that if you wanted to look at a piece of art, you would go to the library for art book or you would go to your local Barnes and Noble and pick up an art magazine. Whereas nowadays, a lot of us are looking at things on our Kindle or our laptop or our cell phone or on the subway. And so the social media aspect and websites are extremely important. So if you find something that you're in love with, don't be afraid to ask. Um, when I post a piece of art, I will put on there, you know, it's for sale and, and please ask. And, you know, sometimes let's say, you know, you've asked an artist, it's out of your budget. Well, maybe that's out of your budget, but maybe they are an artist who does prints. Or maybe they're an artist who's starting in a new series like myself uh, of smaller works uh, tailored to folks who are on a, a smaller budget. And so there's nothing wrong with asking. Um you know, we're not car salesmen where we're going to haggle with you a lot. But, you know, and please realize that, like I said, you know, our work is has value. And so, you know, don't, you know, undercut us, you know, I want half off or, you know, say 5% off or whatever. But, um, yeah, definitely ask folks. And, and, and a lot of artists do commission work. That's another thing. Like we were talking about, you know, matching the couch. But let's say someone wants, you know, as a portrait artist and they want uh, a, something of their family, please ask. Uh, that brings so much joy. I uh, my first my first solo show I had was at Amelia Island. I was so thankful. I had work in the Austin International Airport, and someone saw it, and it just snowballed. And I got invited, all expenses paid, to have a, uh, my first solo at a concourse, which was amazing. And um, I was there, and a gentleman came up, was looking at all my work, and had a pocket full of money, and he said, uh, I have a, a 1966 green Lamborghini Mira that Lamborghini is, this is their 50th anniversary. They are giving me an award for my car. I want you to paint my car. It was phenomenal. It was just Wow, I'm a brand new artist, and this just happened. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he was—he's a doctor, and he, you know, lived across the country, and and you know, he sent me photos. We worked it out and everything, and I I created a, a two by three painting for him, and I'm so thankful for that. And so, yeah, please ask. And if you fall in love with a piece of art, you know what? If it speaks to you, there's ways to 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 have it in your life. Um, like I said, you know, some of my works, I I, I realize, you know. Like I said, we were homeschooled. We were on a one income for 20 years in our home. And so, you know, we saved, scrimped and saved and things like that. But you know what? If an artist understands that, we've all been there. You know, they say that starving artists, a lot of times it's true. <laughs> so so we're, we're happy to work with clients, you know, and, and, and galleries are too. If you find a piece of art that absolutely speaks to you, galleries are, are uh, willing to negotiate as well. Outstanding. And, and thanks for taking the time to yeah. explain that to us. Is there anything else that you would want to share that you think is important? 
Well, don't be shy. Artists love to hear from folks. Um, I have, I, I'm always blown away when someone shares my work. That's, you know, that's another thing. Um, you know, a lot of us nowadays, are, well, always, but we're always watching our budget and, um, you know, gee, I love your work, but I can't, I can't, I just, you know, I got to pay the mortgage. I got to feed the kids, you know, I got tires or whatever. You know, the, one of the biggest compliments is to share our work posted on social media. You know, I found this artist. I absolutely love them. They're amazing. Check out their stuff. You know, hey, this person's got a show coming up. You know, hey, you know, pass it on or whatever. I mean, that's huge for us. Um, and, and such a compliment. Absolutely such a compliment. But if you get to the point where you really want to uh, commission or you want to buy a piece of art, uh, reach out to them. Uh, reach out to the artist. Um, if you see work in a gallery of an artist, go through the gallery first because the artist has a, a, a contract with that gallery. Um, and if you do decide you want to do a commission, let's say you see a piece of my work and you want to have your car done, go through the gallery that you saw my work originally and then they will be the liaison for you um but yeah go go to the artist don't be shy we love hearing from folks um i have it's funny i have a lot of folks that ask me how do you do what you do how do you how do you paint what you paint and i let folks know practice i I, like i said i don't have a degree more than anything the easel is my teacher um and that's another thing I wanted to, to mention also that um, when I paint, I have five easels in my studio and I'm painting usually two to three at the same time. I have you know different palettes and things like that that I'm doing. I'm painting acrylics because uh, oil paints give me really bad headaches. So I paint in acrylics, but um, I will I will do that. And I reached a point and I mentioned this in our, our pre-interview. I reach a point with every painting that I do where I get about three fourths of the way done and it stops being fun. In the beginning, it's exciting and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna. These are so so much fun and it it goes so fast. Three fourths of the way through, it stops being fun. And it starts being work. And I know everybody's like that in the automotive field or the design field or whatever we do creatively. That you look ahead and you think, okay, there's a challenge in front of me. I got to get to the end. I can see where I'm going. How do I get there? And so when I get to that point. I have two options, and I mentioned this before. I can get in the into the yellow pages and rent a flamethrower and set that painting on fire because it's driving me crazy, or <laughs> I because I do get that point, or I step away, and that's why I try to um, I try to juggle several different paintings at one time. You know, the, gee, this motorcycle is driving me insane. I'm going to go back and paint on this truck instead, or if it gets to the point creatively where you're just tapped out, which happens to all of us step away, go for a walk, go do something else creative, you know, do a new recipe, go garden, go you know, scrapbook, I don't know, um, go bowling, do whatever, do something else that's fun, creative, challenge a different part of your brain. A lot of the times, if I step away, and it, it could be for an hour, it could be like, I'm right now I'm working on a, a early uh, Harley Davidson painting that I haven't worked on in two months, just for the fact it's very complicated. Um, and it was driving me crazy. And so I put it in the corner of my studio. I've done some other work since then. And now I'm coming back to it with fresh eyes. And I think that's extremely important because during all this time between me working on it and not, I've thought of other ways that I could approach it. And so now that I'm coming back to it, I'm thinking, oh, gee, that color's wrong. Gee, that, that angle's wrong. And so I can see it totally different. And um, I, I love that. So when you get frustrated, step away do something else for a while and then come back with 
you know, more enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that you've lost, that, you know, that last little bit that you lost, you can come back and say, okay, now this is almost a new painting or a new project and let's, let's push through to the very end. Um, and so that, that is good for me. Cause like I said, I, I'm, I'm a very energetic person. I, I absolutely love what I do, but there's times I get so frustrated being perfectionist. It's like, if I don't step away, I'm just going to wad this up and throw it in the trash and do something else. <laughs> That is great advice. And I, I think this is the perfect time to launch into the red line round. Okay. What the red line round is, is it's five uh, rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head first is the right answer. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Mm, well, uh, as far as artists, I have a thing for Matisse, his bold lines, bright color, even though uh, I don't paint like he does. I just, I feel like he just jumped in there and just grabbed it, you know, Kandinsky, that sort of thing. As far as uh, automotive artists, I have a thing for Foose. Man, that guy can draw. Yeah, <laughs> yes he can. <laughs> we used to watch that show constantly and oh my gosh, I would just sit there on the cat. This was way before I even got into this. I thought, man, that guy can draw. Also, um, Dave can dig with uh, 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 his show, Bitch and Rides. He is an amazing artist as well. Yeah. And so they they both they do. But honestly, to be extremely honest with you, I do not follow automotive artists or, or, or you know motorcycle artists or anything like that online or social media. And I I do it for kind of a selfish reason. I do it because I want to keep my own style. I find that when I look at another, you know, like Foose or whatever, and I look at that and I think, I cannot compare. I can't. I, I, I can't do that. Well, maybe I should start drawing like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I am just blown away. Uh, there's, there's a female artist out there in the country. Her name is Cheryl Kelly. She to me, is the epitome of, of artists, of uh, automotive art. She's phenomenal. Um, I love her work, but I don't follow it because we are very different and I don't want to uh, copy anything that she does. I want to do my own style, my own thing. And so um, she's somebody I admire greatly. Um, there's there's lots and lots of them out there. But um, I, like I said, I just try to just do my own thing. I'll have folks say, you know, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I really respect what they do, but I instead will follow uh, realist artists in other fields uh, as far as a, a portrait artists or uh, still lifes, you know, or landscapes, things like that, because we all have those challenges, the same kind of challenges, but our subjects are different. That is great advice and something I needed to hear as well. And it, it, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to not do that, but yeah. it, I, I think that is sound advice. Uh, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job or a painting? Hmm. Well, like I said, when I follow other realist artists, um, they uh, they have those same challenges. Um, I ask questions. I am so, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, people get lost and then just, I'm just going to keep looking at my phone and I'll figure it out. Not me, man. I will pull over a gas station. I will pull up and ask someone, I, can you help me? You know, do you mind? And I am the first person, if someone is, looks lost, ask them, do you need any help? You know, that's, the world is, is an amazing place. Help other people. Yeah. I mean, it's not tough, you know? So I have no problem with that. If someone 
you know, tackled something that maybe would help me with my painting. You know, they're doing, you know, a, a, an amazing bouquet of flowers on a, you know, a large canvas or whatever. And the way that they blended or whatever would be something that I could use. I, I'll message them. Hey, could you, you know, could I ask you a little thing? Another thing uh, used to be libraries. Now YouTube, YouTube is a fountain of information. It's, it's phenomenal. And there's so much on there and it's free. You know, um, mm-hmm. another another thing is um, organizations, local local organizations. There's tons of art organizations everywhere you go, national, local, international. Ask questions. Um, I belong to uh, several organizations um, that they you know they have all kinds of different artists in there. Um, I've just was in just two uh, Best of America shows, and I want to say I was one of the only automotive artists in there, and I was quite proud of that so <laughs> but, very well uh, done yeah yeah but ask ask questions of youtube um ask other people in the industry i'm also a big uh, proponent of uh volunteering bartering your time really big on that you know if somebody let's say you want to do it can't web- be taxed absolutely <laughs> let's say but let's say you know i tell people this like I, I was saying i was a marketing director before so as an artist i think very differently i i realized that there's a creative side obviously but then there's also the business side, which isn't very fun sometimes. You know, the marketing and the the getting out there and getting your name known and things like that. That's all balanced. You've got to get in there and doing that. And so I'm a big advocate for bartering. You know, if you know how to uh, uh, create something amazing, you know, you know, you know how to do car repair or whatever, and you don't know how to do a website, but someone else does and they need their car work done, barter that stuff, you know, and or, you know, ask if you can maybe be an apprentice with somebody. You know, and they're That's they're a getting great idea. Yeah, I'm really big on stuff like that. Um, it, it, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of resources that are free or next to free, or all it takes is just a little bit of work. I am totally fine with raking somebody's yard or running errands for them if they help me with how to, you know, create a website or whatever. I'm, yeah, I have no, I have no shame in that. <laughs> Love it. What excites you most about what you do, Shan? Um, I do like the aspect of being a girl and, and freaking people out. <laughs> that sounds weird. That, but I no, really... <laughs> that's that's short, sweet, and to the point and powerful. <laughs> I do like that. It's like I've had so many people. Oh, I'll, I'll make you laugh. So my husband's Nana, uh, sadly, who passed away a couple years ago. She was in her um, almost 90 years old. She, When I first started getting into this, you know, I brought in my portfolio and I was showing her. And she says, honey, real artists paint landscapes. And that was what she thought, <laughs> you know, and she was serious. And so then I would come in, you know, when we'd visit her, she was in the hospital and I'd visit her, hey, Nana, and I got into this show and I uh, need to paint landscapes. And I thought, really? Okay. <laughs> you know, and so I love the aspect. I am doing something that most people think it's a little unusual. Um, I don't always dress like a girl. I love wearing vintage bowling shirts and I've got over 30 pairs of Chucks, uh, Converse tents. I love it. I love, I dress in jeans. I have a wacky sense of humor. Um, I try really hard not to take life too seriously. There's so much seriousness in life and, you know, you got to laugh at yourself and, and just enjoy the ride, you know, share it. My industry, I try really, really hard to encourage other artists and um, go to their events. You know, I see something online, if they're struggling or they're, you know, happy and thrilled, you know, be there for them. Even Just a kind word goes a long way. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've done something just because I felt it was the right thing to do. And it's come back to me tenfold in the most wonderful way. Um, and I think that applies to all of us, you know, go serendipity. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I am so with you. Yep. Yep. So um, Shan, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in, in your industry? Like when you feel stuck, unsupported, or you feel discouraged? Hmm. Probably like I was mentioning before, step away for a while, do something else creative. Um, Look at other creatives. Go to go to something uh, something else creative that might not be in your field. Um, I'm really big on, like I said, I love street art. I love. Uh, I've got a couple of tattoos, but I love to go to tattoo shows with my husband and and see things like that. Um, go to other art shows. Um, just different things where people are creative outlets. I watch my husband and I watch a lot of YouTube videos with. Uh, you know, Haggerty's and a lot of the car shows and things like that of people working on stuff and seeing how other my other creative minds and in, in not necessarily my field, but something that kind of pertains to my field are problem solving and doing amazing things. And that energy comes back to me. And then I take that to the easel. Shan, let me ask you, uh, just out of curiosity, I've heard a couple of times now from women going to like tattoo I don't know, festivals or shows and things like that for yeah. inspiration. I yeah. find that interesting that the 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 motors not interesting, it doesn't surprise me, but the motorcycle and automotive looks at tattoo artists, yeah, art tattoo art for inspiration for cars and motorcycles. Well, in my in my field, um, you see a lot of hot rods. You know, a lot of folks like hot rods. I haven't actually painted uh, hot rods yet. I just finished, which I will I haven't posted yet online. Just finished a Model A, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I need to get in to start doing a couple hot rods. Um, the thing I like about the tattoo field is just like what we've been talking about here. Women do it too. Women are out there doing amazing work. You know, um, Kat Von D. You know, she's. I mean, she's amazing, right? And then there's a lot of female tattoo artists out there. But yeah, there's a lot of folks who go to motorcycle shows or, you know, car events and things like that. And so that is a, a intermixed culture. Same thing with music. You know, we're we're kind of like all little branches, you know, of each other. Um, my thing, I absolutely adore vintage vehicles. I oh, I love Chrome. It just does something for me. But um, but then I also it does. <laughs> it's that oh. special place in your heart. It, it, it's that's such a such a thing. But uh, and I have a lot of folks say, oh my gosh, you do this amazing thing with Chrome, and I just absolutely love it. But then I also go to F1 events and and I go to um, GT3 events and things like that. So um, I try to kind of balance both of those worlds. But yeah, tattoos. Um, they do, they are in our, on in our industry. And I think too, like we were talking about, uh, um, we are being more accepting of folks in different areas of their lives, you know, whether their gender, their orientation or whatever. And so we're starting to accept people for who they are, where it's crazy hair color or with their clothes or their tattoos or their shoes or whatever. And so, um, yeah, so I think that's all kind of tied together. Love it. And then finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in male-dominated industries? Don't listen to them. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You, you got this. You know what? Just put your head down and just don't listen to negative stuff. Embrace the folks who are encouraging you in life. They're the ones that are going to get you to where you need to be. And, and all the haters, you know, no matter where you are in life, no matter how old, how old you are, someone is going to be jealous of you. Someone is going to think what you're doing is wrong. And honestly, it's fear that 
is driving them. You know, someone will put you down or, oh, you can't do that. And that's fear. They, they're afraid to do, they're, they're afraid to follow their own dreams, but that shouldn't stop you from following yours, you know, and you just smile and say, thank you and just move on, you know? And so my advice, no matter where you are in your life, no matter where you have been, you know, like I was a you know mom, business owner or whatever, I, I came to a crossroads in my life. Okay. Now I've done these other things I'm quite proud of. What do I do now? This is what I want to do for me. And, and I think that's, that's probably the most important thing is sit down and, and talk to yourself, you know, and, and care for yourself. Talk to yourself as if you were a best, your best friend. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go in 10, 20, 50 years from now? Where do you see yourself? Okay, how do you get there? How can you start today? How can you start right now? What's holding you back? And, and, and talk to yourself in a loving way and, and just ignore everybody else because they're, they're going to be there. They're always going to be there. Even where I am now being a professional artist for five years, you know, I, I still hear it. You know, like I said, you know, oh, wow, I thought you were a man. No, I'm not. I'm a woman. And you know what? I love what I do. I am working my tail off to be one of the best out there. And so when I'm done with my life, I can look back and say, you know what? I grabbed it and I did everything I could to get to my goal. And that's that's my advice is just took the bull by the horns. Absolutely. Absolutely. So well said. Shan, where and how can people connect with you? Um, let's see. Um, I have a website. It's a Shan uh, dot com. And then uh, also on uh, Instagram, I'm under Shan Fannin. And then on Facebook, it's Art by Shan Fannin. And I'm, I'm in Austin, Texas. And you could just send me a message. Uh, my email is a shan at shanfannin.com. Got any questions? And uh, it's been a joy. Shan, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat and taking us on a little journey of your life. You are very welcome. It was an absolute pleasure. Hi, this is Shan Fannin. I'm a realist vehicle painter, and I'm a femme mechanic. Shelby Levitsky is in the driver's seat next. She works for a school division in Canada as a heavy-duty mechanic repairing school buses. She shares her story of determination and pursuit to find that company that would take a chance on a young female mechanic. You don't want to miss this episode. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?